Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Vikings Nation! Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Dalton Reisner is in the building, and this time he is here to stay. A few weeks too late, if you ask me, but that's all right. That's all right. At least we're doing something to try to fix some problems. Dalton Reisner, one-year contract, $4 million, 2.25 guaranteed to play offensive line for your Minnesota Vikings. I've been claiming for Dalton Reisner to be signed by the Minnesota Vikings basically since June, before we even got the Daniel Hunter situation squared away. Weren't sure which direction we were going to go there. The Vikings have done a terrible job on this interior of offensive line. Yes, they have spent some high draft picks, but they haven't worked out. If you're going to have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, then you need to protect him. You need to make sure he has the ability to do his job. And the Vikings haven't done that. Reiser has been available. Don't know why the heck it took so long. I know there's the discussion about because he's a vested veteran. And if you sign him before the season starts, you have to fully guarantee their contract. Whereas you should sign him after the season starts. You don't have to. Well, again, he got a $4 million contract and 2.25 of it was guaranteed. To me, the extra $1.75 million of non-guaranteed money that you saved against your salary cap that you might ultimately have to pay him anyway if he hits all of his incentives was not worth keeping him out of the building for as long as you did. They should have brought him in in August. That way you can get acquainted with your teammates. You can learn the playbook. You can talk to Kirk Cousins and get his cadence down. Get all the checks that you need to know, because in this day and age in the NFL, there's all kinds of checks, even on the offensive line, protection schemes and everything else. So I would have rather them spent that extra money to get him in here sooner. But be that as it may, we don't have a DeLorean. Can't go back in time and change it. I'm glad that Dalton Reisner is here. I don't care where on the offensive line he plays. Whether he plays left guard and kicks uh, Ezra Cleveland to the bench, I don't care. Whether he plays right guard and kicks Ed Ingram to the bench, I don't care. 
whether you put him at left guard and you swing Ezra Cleveland over to right guard and put Ed Ingram on the bench, I do not care. I want the best five guys out there. So I'm very happy today that the Vikings have signed Dalton Reisner, that we at least are trying to address some of the issues we have. Still got a lot of issues. But at the end of the day, we finally signed a guard. How much this guy has left, we don't know. This is only his fifth season. And he's a pretty decent pass blocker, pretty mediocre run blocker, which going into the season, I said I would take that trade off. Although after the first two games, <laughs> with how our running game has been utterly non-existent, I'm not so sure. But he can't be any worse than Ed Ingram or Ezra Cleveland. They've just been mediocre at best. So I'm excited. I'm ecstatic that the Vikings were not just going to sit and let this thing play out. And it might not work. Dalton Reisner might take a couple weeks to get up to speed. And we might still be pretty mediocre on the offensive line until he gets up and running. Or he could come in and just shock the world and all of a sudden, a lot of our problems are fixed. Most likely, somewhere in between. But having said that, I'm glad that they finally did something about some of the problems that they got. Let's talk a little NFC North Roundup. All three teams lost yesterday. The Packers lost to the Falcons. The Bears lost to the Buccaneers. And the Lions blew that game like a $2 whore against the Seattle Sea Chickens. So with the fact that the NFC North all lost, the Vikings are only a game out of first place. Now, listen, I'm not going to go too overboard on that. This division might be the worst division in football. I had said that the NFC South was going to be the worst division in football. Uh, It might be ours because outside of Detroit's win over Kansas City, we only have one win between the eight games that were played. And that came with Green Bay's victory over Chicago. This division is garbage. So the Vikings are still in this. As terrible as all those turnovers have been, they're still in this thing. Now, again, I'm not holding my breath over, well, we can win a garbage division and sneak into the playoffs and then lose in the wild card round or maybe sneak to the divisional round. I'm not getting all excited about that. But the simple fact of the matter is Jordan Love had an opportunity. He had three opportunities yesterday. Three and out, three and out, four and out, turnover on downs, end of game. Jordan Love looked halfway decent yesterday. He did, but he ain't no Aaron Rodgers. Granted, the Packers did not have Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Christian Watson, who (laughs) some knucklehead in Green Bay said had more talent than Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Stop the cap. That's ridiculous. Having said that, anytime the Packers lose, we win. Period. End of discussion. Justin Fields, I told you he was a fraud. I I still kind of feel bad for the kid because he's been put into a situation with absolutely no infrastructure whatsoever. But it is what it is. Chicago had an opportunity to take one of those three quarterbacks, chose to hitch their wagon to Justin Fields. Oh, don't we feel terrible for them? And oh, by the way, the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff better than Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. I do not think so. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins never thrown a pick six in his life, but having said that, Oh, that is such a Lions thing. They beat Kansas City in their own building. And then they come back home and lose to the Sea Chickens. No, the Sea Chickens are a good team. I've said that they're going to give San Francisco a run for that division. Ultimately, I think San Francisco is just a little bit better. But the Lions had every opportunity to take hold of this division after two weeks. And uh, they didn't. Who here is surprised? We need to figure out this running game like now. Now, granted, Dalton Reisner, theoretically, should provide some stability 
Again, I'm not going to go up and down the street doing cartwheels saying that, oh, Dalton Reisner is going to fix all of our problems. But KOC, you need to run the ball more. You gave Alexander Madison 11 carries in week one and eight carries in week two. And then you come out in your press conference on Friday and say, well, the run hasn't been successful. And we were down by so many points. I felt I just had to keep passing. Dude, first off, no, it was not a mistake to let Dalvin Cook go. And for any knucklehead out there that thinks that Dalvin Cook would be doing any better behind this offensive line, uh, no, he wouldn't. Nor would Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, Adrian Peterson. Name your Hall of Fame running back. They would not be doing jack squat behind this run-blocking offensive line at the moment. But Alexander Madison needs to get worked into a rhythm. He is the kind of back that you have to lather up. At some point, even if it's not all that successful, you need to find creative ways to get the running game going. You can't expect to give Alexander Madison 11 touches and maybe one or two screen passes, which is better than a tight end screen, I'll say. But you're not going to get anything out of Alexander Madison unless you force feed him a little bit. Now, I'm not saying run up the middle every single play, every single first down handoff to Alexander Madison. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need to do some draws. You need to do some toss sweeps. You need to do some jet sweeps. Do something to get this running game going, to take the pressure off of Kirk Cousins, to take the pressure off of this offensive line. Offensive line have all said we play better when we're run blocking. It's always easier to move forward than backwards, as they say. KOC, I've said for the last two weeks, You're the number one reason, because this team has been utterly unprepared. Your play calling's been suspect at best, and you've completely abandoned the run game. Yes, Kirk Cousins has put up numbers. Justin Jefferson has put up numbers. Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Absolutely. That's great. I know it's a pass-happy league, and I know you want to be a run-first offense. I get all that, but you got to have something in the running game, because right now, we ain't got much. Speaking of running games... Speaking of running games, this run defense is repulsive, putrid, revolting. Now, I'm trying to give Brian Flores a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't have a whole lot of pieces to work with. He's got Daniil Hunter and what else on this defensive line? Not much. Yeah, Ivan Pace, cool, cool. And, you know, Byron Murphy Jr., Caleb Evans, okay, they were solid. I get it. The game plan against Philadelphia was... We're going to let you run the ball all day, and we're not going to let Jalen Hurts beat us through the air, and we're not going to let Jalen Hurts beat us with his feet. I get that. But at some point, you got to adjust. I know. It's pick your poison. But once this poison is about to kill you, you got to change up your ways. This run defense is abysmal, and it needs to get fixed. That B. John Robinson guy from Atlanta who ran all through Green Bay, he is going to destroy Adrian Peterson's single-game rushing record against us in a few weeks if we don't do something about this run defense. I get it. Don't have a lot of salary cap room to go out and sign somebody. You know, Indomitian, Sue, Linville, Joseph, those Akeem Hicks, yeah, those guys are kind of old, so they don't really do much for me. Would they be better than what we got? Maybe, maybe not, but We got to patch up this run defense. And I have said that the defense deserved better, particularly against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. You should have been up 24 to 10, 21 to 10 at halftime because that defense gave you a lot of stops in the first half. And frankly, the defense played relatively well up until the last two minutes 
against Philadelphia, but they were on the field for forever. The first quarter time of possession, 12 minutes to three. Of course, the defense is going to get run down. I get it, Flores. I'm, I'm not calling for your head. I'm not saying that you're just the same as Ed Donashell, because that is certainly not true. You are at least attacking. You are at least bringing the pressure from time to time. Daniel Hunter already got four sacks. That's great. But at some point, go get into KOC's ear and tell him, hey, you got to run the ball more. You got to give my defense a chance to rest because these guys just ran up and down the field. It wasn't I could have rushed for about 50 yards with those holes on uh, last Thursday. It was utterly ridiculous. You got to shape up that run defense. Otherwise, this Dalton Reisner thing, this signing that we just did to hopefully help out our offense. Boy, oh boy, it's not going to matter. But that's the one thing I want to see. I want to see the offense actually be up by two touchdowns for a change so that you can take away some of the running game from the opposing team's offense, keep your defense off the field and rested. But my, oh my, we got to fix up that run defense if we're going to try to do anything this year. Elevate Jordan Addison. At this point in time, K.J. Osborne has shown you what most of us already knew. He's a very good number three wide receiver, and that's it. He's not a number two wide receiver. Jordan Addison has already shown you enough that he should be getting the wide receiver two snaps. I know some are going to say I'm overreacting to just two games. No, I'm not. KJ Osborne. I know he caught that touchdown where he was wide the hell open. It's like, you better catch that. But Jordan Addison has shown you that he has got the chops to be this team's number two behind Justin Jefferson. And it's about time. We just admit what we got and that KJ Osborne, his role is a number three. Sometimes, we want to take players who are really good at a certain role and think that maybe they could be elevated one level up. And sometimes it, it comes out and it works out. At this point, I've seen enough. KJ Osborne's not very good at getting separation. He's not very good at contested balls and he drops too many passes that should be caught. There was that third down play in the Giants game in the playoffs. Oh, if Kirk had led him a little bit better. Mm, yeah, I mean, he still got his hands on the ball and dropped it. I know the defender raked his left arm down, but he still should have had that one. Had a couple against Philly. Had one against Tampa Bay. Jordan Addison is real deal. He doesn't have the burner burner speed, but this guy's quick. This guy gets in and out of his routes, and he doesn't drop anything. And as we saw in that preseason game, he can toe tap the sidelines. At this point, I'm saying it right now. It's not an overreaction to say that Jordan Addison needs to be this team's number two wide receiver and that K.J. Osborne needs to be relegated to being the third wide receiver. I'm not saying cut K.J. Osborne. I'm not saying shop him and trade his ass. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying he's a number three wide receiver, and that's okay. It's okay. You drafted Jordan Addison in the first round. You knew K.J. Osborne was probably not going to be here past this season. So at this point, make him the number three, make Jordan Addison the number two, and let's go from there. Hopefully, maybe just maybe that'll work itself out now that we got Dalton Reisner. Hopefully, maybe just maybe won't so dang gone many three and outs. But at this point, I'm willing to say that Jordan Addison should be this team's number two wide receiver. Is this Sunday's game against the Chargers from Los Angeles via San Diego a must win? Yes. Now, is it literally a must win? No, because the Vikings are not eliminated from the playoffs. And that technically is the definition of a must win. But ostensibly, by and large, for all intents and purposes, yes. Sunday's game is a must win. And I would surmise that both Sunday's game against the Chargers and next week's game against the Carolina Panthers are both must wins. 
when I originally picked out the schedule, I had the Vikings through the first seven games. So up through the San Francisco 49ers game, I had picked them to go three and four. I said wins against the Bucks, the Chargers, and the Panthers. I had them losing to Chicago because funny stuff always happens in Chicago. Well, you lost the Tampa Bay game, so now you got to get one of those back. So immediately I say, all right, you got to win the Chargers, you got to win the Panthers, you got to win Chicago, and then you're back to three and four after seven. And three and four after seven, while it's not the best start with that schedule, considering that you had the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the 49ers, three and four is not that bad. Was hoping for four and three, but nevertheless, you get to two and two. And then you lose to Kansas City, theoretically, and then you beat Chicago and then lose to San Francisco. Yeah, that's okay, because those next five games up until the bye week, Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, you should go four and one or five and oh in that stretch. So if you get to three and four, even if you go four and one and get to seven and five at the bye week, you split against the Raiders and Bengals, although the Bengals aren't looking too hot right now. But let's just say that. And then you take two out of the last three. You got 10 wins. That should be enough for the division. But you lose this game to the Chargers, Katie, bar the door, because then you're going to be at best two and five. You'll probably still get Carolina and Chicago. You ain't getting Kansas City and San Francisco. I know Kansas City hasn't looked perfect, but it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey, and I don't care that it's at home. That one you got to chalk up as a most likely loss. So, yes, you've got to win the next two games. You've got to get to three and four by week seven. That's what you got to do. You go 0-3, Mm-mm-mm. and I get it. It's very possible. I think the Vikings will win this Sunday against the Chargers. I do think they will win against the Panthers, but there are no guarantees. The Chargers are a good team, too. They are very Vikings-like. They call the Chargers the AFC Vikings because they always have some crazy luck and crazy things happen to them. So are they capable of coming into our building? Heck, if Tampa Bay can, they can. Justin Herbert, way better than uh, Baker Mayfield. Is their defense as good as Tampa Bay's? No, but they still got that Bosa guy. I know he's been up and down. They have a little injury history. That's fine. That's fine. Justin Herbert, yeah, he's going to have something for our defense, which is why offensively you have to take advantage of your opportunities, and you can't just say, well, our defense is playing great. They've only given up three points through the first quarter and a half, so it's okay that we only have seven to ten points on the board. No, you got to get up early on teams, particularly – this Chargers team, so that you can allow Brian Flores to bring the blitz packages that we've been talking about, to get Harrison Smith more involved, as we've talked about. You can't just play, oh, we're keeping it close to the vest. You can't play Zimmer ball with these guys where you're just hoping to keep it close and have a chance to win at the end. No, you got you to gotta win this game for sure. You lose this game at 0-3. If you get two to – let me say it like this to wrap it up. If at that – end of the seven games after that San Francisco, if you're two and five or worse, start selling trade deadline is right around the corner. At that point, you're not buyers anymore. You're sellers. You sell whoever you can. You sell Daniil Hunter. You sell Harrison Smith. You go to Kirk and say, Hey, we're not re-signing you after this year. It's no fault of your own. Do you want to ride this out? Or do you want to give us a list of teams that you'll accept a trade to? And you know what? If you get to the bye week as a four-win team, you just play Jaron Hall for the last five games. You tell Kirk, you riding the bench, dude. Nothing personal, but we got to see what we got in this kid. Now, I'm not saying that I'm looking forward to that. 
And I'm not saying that that's what I think is going to happen. Like I said, I think we're going to be three and four at the end of the seven uh, week mark. And I think we're going to take four out of five. I think we're going to be seven and five at the bye week, which is what my original, original picks were. So while losing to Philly in a game that you really could have won if you hadn't turned the ball over so much is a little painful. And while blowing the first week against Tampa Bay is not a good start, this 0-2 isn't a death nail. It's not a death sentence. Now that you signed Dalton Reisner, hopefully you can get some consistency on your offense. You can get the running game involved. You can be more efficient on offense. Cut down all of these three and outs. But now the season's not over yet. It isn't the best start. Isn't what we were hoping for. And we can see a lot of our holes, a lot of our flaws have been exposed. But this division is garbage. So we can still get into the playoffs. Now, what can we do in the playoffs at that point? I don't know. Don't have that crystal ball. But nah, the season ain't over yet. Anybody trying to talk about tank for Caleb Williams? Hell no, not yet. You lose Sunday, I might say this something different this time next week. <laughs> I might be singing a whole different tune. But I'm I'm not there yet. We can beat the Chargers and the Panthers. We can beat Chicago. Chicago's terrible. I know, as I said earlier, Green Bay didn't have all of its weapons, but they're just okay. And you can run the ball on those guys. Those guys are almost as bad in run defense as we are. And that's saying something because we're not very good. We better have our run defense fixed by the time we see B. John Robinson in week nine down in Atlanta. Because that dude is the real deal, Holyfield. As I said, that dude could very easily break Adrian Peterson's record against us if we don't fix up our run defense. But no, definitely a must win this Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Definitely a must win next week against Carolina. But you can only play in one game at a time. But for now, for right now, nah, this season ain't over yet. Not the best start, like I said. But this ain't over yet, baby. We still got plenty to go. We still got plenty to go. Thank you kindly for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold for Days. And for now, Skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.